Hello, you have joined the script mistress for scene 21, the romance genre hybrid. I am your host, Amber Bosworth, and I really had no idea how many romance subgenres there were. So I'm just so glad to bring this to you. Really sorry, I had to take a little bit of a weekend break. And if you're watching the video, I am sitting completely snowed in as uh, the Midwest has been hit by a big snowstorm and it's just going to continue. So I might as well just do this for you guys now. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, it will come out Friday and hopefully I'll, I'll have been dug out of my house by that time. Now, if you want to stay up to date on podcasts, events, and challenges, get on my mailing list at www.thescriptmistress.com. I also have this whole episode on video at thescriptmistress.com forward slash scene 21. Yes, 21 already. <laughs> Completely for your enjoyment. And that's where you can also find the free download uh, along with the writing uh, task for you this week. Now, the February Ink to Screen Challenge is done for February. It was done on Sunday. We got all the writers. They turned in their work. Now, if you're just finding my podcast, I run a monthly short screenwriting challenge where writers get five days to write a new five-page screenplay based on a prompt sent out the first day of the challenge. So nobody knows what it is. Everybody starts on the same footing. They get the same prompt. And we really do have an amazing community of writers helping each other out. I'm also there to help you along the way as well. Uh, this is more as to help your writing as it is to kind of win money because the winner gets $150 and every writer that submits a completed script gets detailed feedback. Yes, this is all included in the $15 entry fee. You can check it all out at www.thescriptmistress.com forward slash ink to screen. Now, if you'd like to join us for March, head on over to the website and sign up. It's open. It'll run from March 15th to the 19th. I try really hard to make sure it always runs on the third full weekend of the um, of the month. So like from Wednesday to, um, to Sunday. So you get five days. Now, Onto the show. It is a short one. I just want to go over these subgenres because audience always love a good romance. Nowadays, most streaming services and platforms often have a romance category all by itself, providing an endless scroll of date night content for you and your partner or you in a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> I think I can commiserate with that as well. Hmm. However, <clears throat> while all romance movies share a core genre, not every romance movie is exactly the same and often broken down into different subgenres. Now, embracing these different subgenres of romance can really help your romance script stand out in the crowd. But in writing within these subgenres, it's essential to know exactly which subgenre you're writing in and how to utilize, utilize the tropes and elements of each genre to create the perfect hybrid romance script. Now, I know it's almost February is almost over. And I really wanted to kind of round out these three podcasts talking about the romance genre um, here, but really getting into the subgenres that you don't have to be pigeonholed in just a romantic comedy, which I've talked about before, a romantic genre, but there are just so many genres, subgenres that you can really focus on the romance uh, to make it more your own. Now, here are some examples of romantic subgenres sub and some of the ways they're different from one another. 
Now, the romantic comedy. <laughs> now, I know we've totally gone over this before, but though a well-known genre, roman romantic comedy is an elusive one as well. Characterized by hijinks, misunderstanding, and typically a happy ending, the romantic comedy follows a central character who is looking for love and usually gets it by the film's end. Along the way, they clash with naysayers, career obstacles, and internalized fears they must overcome in order to find their perfect match. True to classical definitions of comedy, in a romantic comedy, the protagonist often overcomes their own inner fears or flaws in order to score a win for romantic love. As an example, take Tula <laughs> in my big fat Greek wedding, desperate for romantic love, but too shy and introverted to seek it out, Tula eventually learns to overcome her anxieties, branching out and subsequently meeting Ian, John Corbet. Tula's journey as a pro protagonist in turn is about growing beyond her fatal flaw, namely her introversion, through comedic exaggeration, some delightfully awkward meet-cutes, and a hysterical culture clash between her Greek family and Ian's Anglo-Saxon one. Watching a protagonist evolve and change through a series of hilarious hijinks and laugh-out-loud comedic moments defines the romantic comedy. And asking questions regarding your protagonist's journey and the funniest ways to get them on that journey will always elevate your romance flick into the subgenre of romantic comedy. Now, for a more in-depth examination of the rom-com, please check out the previous week's uh, podcast where I really go over that. I think scene 20, um, that really goes over it. All right. Now, the romantic uh, drama. <laughs> Conversely, the romantic drama is the polar opposite of the romantic comedy, but not just in terms of tone, style, and characterization. Characterization. The ultimate difference between these two genres has to do with the end game. While in a romantic comedy, it's often expected that the two love interests will get together by the end. Romantic drama is not necessarily beholden to this rule. If you're writing a romantic a romance script in which the protagonist or protagonists might not still be in love by the end, you might be writing a romantic drama. A romantic drama film is a genre that explores the complex side of love. The plot usually centers on an obstacle that is pre preventing love between two people. The obstacles in romantic drama film can range from a family's disapproval to forbidden love to one's own psychological restraints. Many romantic dramas end with the lovers separating because of the enormity of the obstacle, the realization of incompatibility, or simply fate. Beyond the endgame, the romantic drama is also characterized and often fueled by a protagonist's inability to overcome their inner flaw or the insurmountable obstacles that stand in their path or their love interest path. So it doesn't even have to be them. It could be their love interest path that they can't get over. As a recent example of this, The Worst Person in the World, though not strictly a romance, it explores protagonist Julie's fear that she won't be able to overcome her own directionlessness. In turn, Julie's relationship with 
Axel, which is ultimately doomed by Axel's illness, examines how relationships change after they fall apart, either interpersonally or via extraneous forces like disease. So that could be just a whole plethora of things with the romantic drama. (sighs) Young adult romance. (laughs) Now, okay, stick with me here. You know, young adult romance has seen an enormous resurgence in recent years, particularly on streaming platforms like Netflix. While a young adult romance can comprise both elements of romantic drama and romantic comedy, the main tenets that define a young adult romance involve the target audience and the specificity of thematic elements. Somewhat obviously, most young adult romances feature teenage or college-age protagonists and often explore coming-of-age type stories in which the protagonists take their first step into the world of romantic love. Movies like Clueless, The Fault in Our Stars, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, or Ten Things I Hate About You all feature young adult protagonists and problems that real-world young adults face. Additionally, young adult romances often borrow from the literary world, either serving as adaptations of contemporary novels or retellings of classic novels like Emma or um, The Taming of the Shrew with with, uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, uh, Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. These stories often also deal thematically with problems like first loves, first crushes, first breakups, etc. Worlds of firsts flesh out the style of the young adult romance. Oh, the social commentary romance. <laughs> I didn't even know about this one. But I guess um, it, it makes sense once once I, I learned more about it. But, it, you know, romance films that discuss or otherwise explore social issues have become much more commonplace in the romantic film space. These highly singular movies use romance plots and romantic character archetypes to examine social dynamics between love interests of different races, classes, or backgrounds. Now, social commentary romances often find ways to incorporate social issues into their characters, backstories, or points of view, and typically use social inequity as the primary source of conflict that stands in the way of the protagonist and their love interest. Movies like The Big Sick and Crazy Rich Asians can be examined under the lens of the social commentary romance. In a film like Crazy Rich Asians, for example, Rachel, Constance Wu, struggles to assimilate herself into her boyfriend Nick's, Henry Golding, a extravagant world of wealth, as well as his family's classist ways as members of Singapore's old money royalty. The Big Sick fights back against his parents traditional ways. Oh, uh, similarly, Kumail, the protagonist of The Big Sick, fights back against his parents' traditional ways as they try in vain to marry him off to a suitable Pakistani match. In turn, when he chooses to tell his parents about his relationship with Emily, they disown him. Disappointed that he's pursued an interracial relationship, issues of race and class permeate social commentary romances and serve as the lens through which much of the film's conflict and drama is viewed. Now, a a much more recent one, too, I don't know if anybody's seen the new one on Netflix, You People. Um, seeing the interracial uh, relationship there that really, I think, 
fits into the social commentary romance as as those are still kind of, we don't think about it, but there's still an issue um, even today. And although it's a kind of a romantic comedy, it deals more with those social commentary issues. Uh, that is, I, I enjoyed it. That was a good romance to kind of uh, learn and bring kind of to the table for this romance month. All right. The romantic tragedy. Now, though similar to the romantic drama, the romantic tragedy is beholden to a sad or otherwise tragic ending, whereas the romantic drama can find ways to stray from this rule where it doesn't have to end in death or destruction. Because tragedy, when you think about it, even though the protagonists um, and love interests don't end up together, is that really a tragedy? No, that's just a drama. But the tragedy, death and and all that, that's where that um, has that. The romantic tragedy sees our love interest torn apart by mainly extraneous circumstances. While the protagonists or protagonists are deeply in love and ready to face the world together, the world has other plans. Romantic tragedies exclusively end in catastrophe and a plethora of extraneous circumstances that drive the love interests apart. So classic films adapted from tragedies like Romeo and Juliet or a film like Moulin Rouge both provide excellent examples of romantic tragedy. Disaster films like Titanic, albeit a a film that also borrows from Romeo and Juliet, can also be defined as a romantic tragedy. Characters in all of these films find love only to lose it after disastrous circumstances, circumstances drive them apart. Dramatic irony also plays a big part in the romantic tragedy, as audiences are often privy to information that the characters are not, uh, daring us to root for the protagonist while secretly understanding that their love is doomed from the start. All right. The romantic fantasy. Everyone loves a good fantasy story, but featuring romantic plots and characters against the backdrop of a fantasy world can make for something truly special. Romantic fantasies typically combine elements associated with classic romance films with fantastical worlds, premises, or otherworldly beings. Free from the constraints of reality, romantic fantasies allow audiences to experience romance in a unique way while still remaining true to the intrinsic elements of romance. Films like The Shape of Water or even Edward Scissorhands borrow from elements of romantic fantasy. Romantic fantasy protagonists like Eliza, Sally Hawkins, and The Shape of Water often fall in love with mythical, fantastical beings like Doug Jones's Amphibian Man and demonstrate to audiences how love can be the same in all its forms metaphor there. (laughs) Directors like Tim Burton, in turn, marry grounded romance stories with fantastical premises, such as the premise of Edward Scissorhands, where a character like Kim, Winona Ryder, can fall in love with an artificial humanoid with scissors instead of hands, fusing fantastical premises and outlandish characters with realistic portrayals of romance defines the romance fantasy film. And this is kind of where my favorite film of all time, I know I'm very much dating myself, is um, 
legend uh, with Tom Cruise and Mia Sarah. I absolutely, and Tim Curry, of course, as the devil, that is by far and away a, fa- a, a romance fantasy. Um, just having that grounded in that world. And that is just so amazing to watch as those things meld together. I think, I think uh, romance fantasy is, is some of the best uh, romance in the, um, movies. And then next on the turn there is the romantic (laughs) sci-fi. Now, somewhat akin to romantic fantasy, romantic sci-fi films take similarly realistic characters and place them in high concept science fiction scenarios like time travel, time looping, or explorations of time I'm sorry, of artificial intelligence in order to tell compelling, gripping love stories. Romantic sci-fi uses tropes and elements typically associated with science fiction to reflect realities about romance and love between people. Oftentimes, these films are there use their high concept premises to explore ideas regarding romance that couldn't be explored in a more grounded romantic film. Now, as an example, a film like Palm Springs uses time loop mechanics to explore how love and human connection make life worth living and even when time is infinite. Conversely, a film like Her examines how human beings in the not-too-distant future could develop meaningful relationships with artificial intelligences, relationships that may or may not be just as valid as human-to-human ones. Regardless of the specific premise, a romantic sci-fi film finds ways to explore the joy of romance by using unexpected and high-concept ideas, ideas that often reveal the innermost truths about the way we, as human beings, fall in love. I found a lot of these tropes, or not tropes, but genres, subgenres on uh, creativescreenwriting.com. If you want, I have the resources. I have the link um, on the page, thescriptmisters.com forward slash scene 21. Um, you can check that out. Again, those genres were, were the romantic comedy, romantic genre, <laughs> drama, young adult romance, social commentary romance, romantic tragedy, romantic fantasy, and romantic sci-fi. I mean, going into this, I mean, there's so many ways that you could turn a romance uh, script to something completely different and something, I mean, we have seen before, but in a new way, taking something what we've seen many times and like transforming it into a a romantic sci-fi. I mean, that's just uh, an amazing way to kind of really change the romance and make it a little bit more memorable. Now, the writing action for this week, pick one of these subgenres that appeals to you. Something like you wouldn't imagine. Use the free logline cheat sheet and see if you can come up with three different loglines within that sh- subgenre. Now, if you're feeling very motivated, use the same technique to write on all the different genres and see which one appeals to you the most. I know I always think if you're able to write a logline you uh, on a story even before you've written it, then it's like you've done a lot of the work already and then it just comes. Now feel free to share some of your thoughts or some of your loglines on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash ink to screen or email me, amber at thescriptmistress.com to get extra help. And again, don't forget about the monthly screenwriting challenge. March is now open for registration. You could win $150 and most definitely get feedback on your writing, all for $15. 
Check it all out at www.thescriptmistress.com forward slash ink to spray ink to screen. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and or watching. I am not going to show you the snow. You don't want to see that. <laughs> I truly value any feedback you have. Uh, if you have an idea for a podcast that might help in the future, you can email me at amber at thescriptmistress.com. Like and follow this show wherever you are listening or watching. Talk soon. And until then, happy writing.